We are happy to announce that this episode of the SW Show is partially brought to you by Humble Bundle. Well, not, not really. We are part of the Humble Bundle referral program, and we just wanted to say that if you like really cheap games and maybe helping charity pending the Humble thing going on, all you have to do is go to humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. That's right. Humblebundle.com forward slash question mark partner equals SWW. And you just do your normal stuff and it just kind of helps us get a couple bucks here and there. Maybe it helps AJ go about his lights. Maybe it's my camera. Maybe we actually pay Corey for helping us out. But again, if you're going to go buy games anyway, it might be worth checking out. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to one of these interview episodes of the SWW Show. I'm Mike, and today with me a special guest from, I think, decently around the world. Uh, to get us started, do you mind introducing yourself and the game we're here to talk about? Uh, hi there, Mike. Uh, my name is Tomislav Cipcic, and I am the designer of the game Attack at Dawn North Africa. And I am from Croatia, that's in Europe. And, um, well, Attack at Dawn North Africa is a strategy game. It's a combination of real-time and operational level, and uh, it's, well, I'm trying to make something different, something new. Yeah, But we'll talk about it in more detail later on, yeah. Perfect. Yeah, so you're one of these fun... So so I, I consider you, and maybe you'll correct me if I think too much wrong, I think of you as this, like, very specific, like, wartime strategy game. So obviously, like, like you said, you're attacked on with Africa. There was always the, I think, like, the Panzer Dracoon series. Like, I think it's this, like, very, like, intensive games. Um, one of the things that always stands out to me about these games is they're notorious for being, like, super hard to get into because of very complicated systems. I'm kind of curious, as you were designing and, and, and testing the game, kind of how you've accounted for, like, onboarding new players and, like, making sure it's both in-depth but, like, not too intense for new people to try out? Well, that was one of my primary goals. Um, you see, I myself don't like when the games are too too filled in with 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 uh, layers no not layers but uh, with uh, information uh, i wanted to make a game which will be deep and layered but on the other hand will present its ui in such a way that uh, people will have uh, less difficulty in learning how to play it so i really emphasize that need for very good very streamlined user interface and i analyzed the other games out there especially the very successful series of games and uh, try to figure out what makes them successful why are they they easy to play how do you click on a unit how do you select a unit how do you give commands and that was one of my major goals when i designed this game uh, so that you get all those beautiful uh, layers and levels you get in the strategy game but uh, reduce your uh, uh, smoothen up your learning curve because there are beautiful uh, war games and strategy games out there but because they're they have very complex uis uh, people are afraid of playing them and i wanted to bridge that gap between those 
uh, hardcore strategy games and and easier to play uh, games with especially with with streamlining my UI. Yeah, that's an interesting. I think I think UI is a good thing to kind of touch on in these types of games because looking at your game and kind of playing the demo, like there there was UI there and there's like I have stuff to pay attention to, but it's not like super intense where comparatively to like I think of a lot of very similar games of like how much UI there is or how hard it is just to be like how do I even move or attack with all these units? Um, I'm curious how like I assume you went through a lot of iteration to kind of make sure you had this kind of streamlined look on your UI? Yeah, actually this game has been in development for <laughs> when when you look at it for almost 15 years. 15 years because in 2005 or 6 uh, uh me and my group of friends started a game which was a prequel to this game and it took us 6 years to get somewhere and to to publish a beta version of the game and then everything fell down because we we made a lot of mistakes and when I started this game Attack at Dawn that was like 3 4 years ago uh, I wanted to correct all those mistakes. And one of the first mistakes I, I realized we had was uh, the fact that it was too cumbersome to order uh, units to move. Uh, we had uh, planning of movements, planning of maneuvers, uh, a lot of types of, of uh, formations, for instance. You could edit your own formations. You could uh, put uh, milestones, waypoints, stuff like that. And... When I started playing it, I realized, well, hell, it's it's so complex that if anybody wanted to play it and, and have fun, they would have to learn uh, books and books ju- just to do it. So I had a lot of iterations where I just uh, removed the stuff that was not making the game uh, uh, fun and trying to find that concentrate of fun while not uh, losing that 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 depth of strategy because what makes a strategy or a game a good game is not uh, the complexity of 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 uh, actions of the amount of actions but the fun you get from playing a well designed well well balanced game and i just removed the excess and I was left with the game you have right now. Now, it can always be improved. It can always be upgraded. I'm well aware of that. But the game you have now is really a result of many and many iterations of refinement and just removing the, the things which were not fun and uh, re- redesigning the things to make them more easy. For instance, moving with the right-click and ordering either a formation move or a, a direct move, or uh, you can even draw your own movement path, which many people find very interesting and and uh, can use it in, in various ways. And also a combination of that together with interesting hotkeys that make everything move faster. And then choosing the speed so the game can run very slow or it, it can run very fast if there are some parts where you need to speed up all of that in in one interesting package in my opinion yeah yeah obviously obviously we're all people who make the games are always the most humble it's always like our game like you know has everything um I, i'm so that's very interesting we kind of like this over like how long obviously you've been working on at least some version of this and what what, what stood out to me is obviously because you said you started a version of the game 
kind of conceptually in 03 and then over the last, I think it was like four or five years, you said kind of the game we see in front of us. Obviously, games have massively changed over that time. And and maybe this genre less so, but they've still changed a bit too. Has that (coughs) kind of led to a change in kind of your thinking of this game kind of over that time? Or has it kind of been like, at least somewhat close to that vision you kind of had in the beginning of developing this. Yeah, uh, I've learned a lot, and the games have changed, and I've learned from that change. Um, the world has changed. The, the the Steam platform on which I'm publishing has changed. Uh, there are so many games out there, and if you want to be successful, you really need to be on top of things. You need to understand what do people want, what do people play, uh, how they use their interfaces, and people are uh, much more used to very fine, very, very good, or even great interfaces in these days. Uh, they were ready to accept much less refined interfaces back in the day, you know. Uh, and uh, basically the concept of the game remained the same, if you look at it, uh, using a real-time and operational-level game. Uh, which isn't something you you find very often. You know, in real time, you have tactical games. You see tanks, you see uh, soldiers firing at each other. We are all used to play these kinds of tactical games in real time. But when you play strategy-level games, when you see those big maps, large territories, you usually play them in turn-based, with the exception of, for instance, Hearts of Iron, which is... Uh, practically real time on the grand strategy level. Most of the other games on that level are turn based. And I wanted to take this in middle layer of operational level, which is usually turn based and make it real time. And that concept has remained the same. But, uh, when I played the games uh, and I always try to pay, uh, to play games and see what's out there. And I always analyze these games and try to find out What's good about them? What makes them tick? Why, why do people love them? And try to put the things I've learned into my game. And uh, uh, this game, 15 years ago, was based primarily on the Sid Meier's Gettysburg, which was a fantastic game, and still is, and, uh, and the Close Combat series. Because I loved that, that simplicity of, of gameplay and the, the amount of, uh, historical content you get. And I wanted to shift that to the operational level world. But then later on, when I played the Total War series or, for instance, uh, uh, Ultimate General series and, and games like that, then I realized that I need to adapt more to, to, to today's way of thinking, today's way of moving and doing things and yeah <laughs> i i don't know if i no, answered your no, question no totally you perfectly did i kind of you kind of led me to thinking about kind of as you're talking is so obviously as we're talking about this is a game set regionally in in north africa and i think one of the thing about war games generally speaking or games that touch about war in a more realistic sense kind of is is that level of like realism, uh, accuracy, and, and trying to feel like, is this a battle that could happen? Or is this a battle that could happen in the way it is happening? I'm curious, kind of, since you've obviously been developing at least these systems for a long time, uh, kind of how have you kind of thought about that? And, and what was the level of realistic that you wanted to go for kind of throughout this process versus like, oh, it's a video game, we're kind of okay with 
these tanks who which would never interact kind of fighting in ways they wouldn't. Yeah, well, that's something else what I wanted to 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 keep, and that is that realism, because I always loved those classical tabletop war games in which uh, there is a very uh, great emphasis on the, well, not actually accuracy, but authenticity of, of the, the uh, gameplay. Because um, for us who come from the tabletop wargaming world, we do a lot of research on the historical data, on the orders of battle, of the unit histories, of how the the things happened. And when we make a game, when we make a game model, a game system, we always test it to see if uh, the actual historical events uh, could happen in our game. And... Uh, if you have a system which can, in one of the results, simulate that, that original historical event, then you are probably close to the, to the actual historical model. And it takes a lot of work. It takes of, uh, a lot of, uh, not only knowledge, but it's, it's an art. You need to, um, make an educated guess on the combat values, combat factors, movement factors, which elements you want to put in the game, which elements you want to leave out of the game. And it takes a lot of work. And I really wanted to keep that realism or should i say authenticity of of old school war games and on the other hand on the other hand uh make it in such a way that it's easy to to learn easy to play and as they say hard to master basically if you look at my role models from the tabletop wargaming world the games like infamous campaign for north africa which is a monster game by richard hberg huge game and it's basically successor uh deutsche africa core 2 dac 2 by dean essig those two games when you play them that's what i wanted to to emulate but on on a computer in real time with all of these ui streamlined features because those are wonderful games but if you want to play them you need to spend time to learn them <laughs> uh, campaign for north africa is such a huge undertaking that um, i don't know if anybody ever played it in in total because it takes like 10 people to play it but uh, dac 2 by dean essig uh, is a, a, a streamlined version of that huge game, which can be played and is played, is a fantastic system, but you still need to learn the rule book, which has like 50, 60 pages. You need to learn the system, you need to commit yourself to it, and you can't play it with everybody. Uh, it really uh, needs commitment from you. And I wanted to present those kinds of games to the gaming population, but with, you know, easy to learn systems while keeping the complexity and i intend to to uh, upgrade this series with more layers currently you have uh, that operational slash tactical level from the battalion level and, and regimental and divisional level downwards and that will enable you to play these scenarios and historical campaigns but in the future additions to this series I will expand it with more 
strategic layers, which are also present in the Campaign for North Africa and DEC2, and those will be uh, staff operations, uh, logistical operations, uh, supply operations, uh, engineering operations, but on a strategic level. And that will, I think, together with this game we have right now, really bring this up a notch and make it a well-rounded game, I think. That sounds that sounds amazing. So I'm I'm curious, kind of, as you said, you at least have plans over time to add to this game or future games in the series. How is it that you're viewing adding new features to the game while at the same time making sure you don't lose this level of accessibility that you seem to have fought hard to get to? Are these going to be like isolated type mechanics or is it going to be kind of like more optional but it would add to people who want to add to it within the experience? Yeah, you'll have options. Uh, uh, for instance, uh, what you have now is a set of scenarios. Uh, some are historical, some are non-historical, what-if scenarios, and you will still have those. Then you also get, with the full game, a campaign, a so-called historical campaign, in which, like in a classical way of, of solving this, you have a set of predefined scenarios, historical and non-historical, and based on your, on your success or failure, you, you go one tree branch or, or you choose the another path, or maybe you get to Cairo in 1941, or maybe you don't. And that's what you will get with the full game, and that's what you will keep. But in the next addition to this series, we will add another mode of play. Let's call it Grand Campaign Mode. And you will still have those individual scenarios and a historical campaign, but you could also choose that new Grand Campaign. And Grand Campaign will give you that layer, staff operational staff layer, with all these new features. So... If you remember Total War series, for instance, in Total War series, you have those two modes of play. On one hand, you have a map, for instance, Total War Shogun 2, which is a fantastic game. You have a map of Japan, and there you have armies, you have uh, provinces, and you deal with that strategic level stuff, okay? And then when your armies meet each other on the, on the uh, 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 battlefront, then you zoom in to the tactical level and then you uh, duke it out on the on the battlefield so to speak and based on your victory or defeat you go back to the grand strategic level and then you continue your your campaign and that's what this game will add in the future editions of the series that grand strategic level on which you will really be able to do many many things and then when you decide to move into certain enemy regions or enemy decides to move into your zone of control, then you zoom into the operational level, which is the game you have now, and then you duke it out based on your level of preparedness, order of battles, supply levels, uh, command stuff, and stuff like that. And people who want to just play historical battles will play them, people who want to play historical campaigns will play them, and people who want the complete, total experience of the war and campaign will play this new campaign mode and this new staff staff uh, level of gameplay. And after that, when we really 
brush it out, when we really uh, uh, sand up those those rough edges, when we upgrade it, when we add options, when people really are satisfied with the with the outlook of the game, outlook of the game, then we add additional content. We move on to Tunisia, which is interesting theater of war, where you get Americans, where you get uh, French in 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 more more detail, and then after that. We'll move on probably to the D-Day and Normandy and Germany and Italy. And then when the system really gets gets big, then we move on to the Eastern Front. And from then on, who knows? Who knows what will happen? Maybe modern battles? I don't know. That It's it's interesting the amount of, of planning. Obviously, you at least have thought through this and, and all those battles. What I'm curious about is, so when we talk about battles and these games, my head always goes to, like, obviously this genre really started in in physical games and board games, and we're talking about, like, obtuse giant games. Like, as you mentioned, like, there's some out there that are just stupid, like, from from all of that. I I am curious, uh, kind of, as we get kind of to discussion, is... When people are looking at this, and if they imagine they either grew up or grew around those kind of board games, are there any other board games specifically that we look at that you think this game kind of matches that feel of or tries to get near? Most definitely. As I said, uh, that's uh, DAC 2. Deck two uh, OCS system, so called by Multiman Publishing, and all of the games actually in that OCS system. Uh, then you have BCS system from the same publisher. That's Battalion Command series. For instance, game Brazen Chariots, which is based on the on the book by Major Crisp, uh, uh, showing the the uh, Operation Crusader, which was a fantastically complex operation in that campaign. And then you have, of course, as I said, the campaign for North Africa, which is probably something unplayable at the state of uh, its current state, but it's a great game to look at, to research, to read through the rule book, and, and to do all those details. And maybe some smaller games, if the people want to get into it, I would uh, recommend No Retreat series. No Retreat series by Carl Paradis, and... Uh, uh, published by Victory Games and then later on by G- GMT Games. And there is a game in the series uh, called uh, No Retreat North Africa, I think. No Retreat North Retreat North Africa, which really, uh, in a very good and concise way, uh, showcases this campaign. You get a beautiful set of pi- five small maps and you have really low counter density. You have like 10, 15 counters per side, which is amazingly small amount. You get some interesting cards. You have interesting uh, system of, of, of play and you can play one battle in hour, hour and a half. And you have, you can even f- play a couple of these battles in, in one sitting and make for a very fun wargaming night. It's not so complex to learn and I would really recommend it. So. If you ask me about the board games, that's No Retreat North Africa by Carl Perdis. That's Deck 2 by Multiman Publishing. And that's Brazen Chariots also by Multiman Publishing. Yeah. Wow, that is, that is yeah. I, I'm familiar with a couple, like GMT, so I think is what I'm most familiar with. Um, but yeah, no, there are definitely some of these things are very intense. And, and it's interesting, I think, to see kind of over time how stuff has gotten... Like, they're still complicated systems, 
what they've gotten simpler to the point of like now when we see games, especially board games, we don't expect them to take five hours to set up. Where back then it could be like, oh, it's weeks to just set up the game, let alone yeah. play the game, which is still so wild to me that looking back, like that was just considered normal and acceptable and all these things that now we'd be like, you're insane. And no publisher would t- touch with a 20 foot pole. Yeah. Well, you need to understand one thing. One of the appeals of of board games is that tactile experience of touching and putting those uh, cardboard counters on the board. Um, uh, that's when I when I started designing uh, uh, video games because because I started in parallel. First, I designed a couple of video games for for fun, then a couple of board games, then I published a board game. And then by comparing those two types of games to two platforms, uh, I realized that a lot of the fun in, in tabletop gaming and board gaming is reading the rulebook, understanding the rulebook, uh, and devouring a rulebook and, and placing those components on the table. A lot of the fun lies in that because uh, you can't just take the systems you find in, in board games and just move them into the video game world and expect them to be successful. It's very difficult because you lose that uh, learning curve. You lose that fun of reading because most of the tabletop wargamers really love that they need to learn and that, that they need to, to read those rule books. And when you take that away from them, all that's left is the mechanics and many of them just lose the appeal if you just translate the game into the, the digital world. So you can't do that. It's not that simple. You need to rearrange things. You need to add additional content. You need to, I don't know, uh, uh, create a complete new set of mechanics. Uh, that's one of the reasons I didn't want this game to be turn-based. Because if it was turn-based, it would have looked like a lot of these tabletop games. And that wouldn't be as much fun. And on the other hand, what do um, designers do to to, to uh, uh, balance that? Uh, they try to put more stuff, more content into a digital game. So you, what you get is a copy of the of the tabletop war game, but with much more content. So, for instance, if you play one scenario in 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 operational combat series series, you maybe take half an hour, forty five minutes to set up the board and place all the counters, and then you play it for five hours, four hours, I don't know how long. And in a digital world, you place uh, uh, counters with a click of a button by loading a scenario and if you play against an AI that same scenario can be finished in like 45 minutes and people would say what the I mean what did I pay for and then you add additional content you make bigger scenarios you make bigger campaigns but for me that is not the solution just putting additional content in the game isn't making the game more interesting and more fun so by placing in into into a real time world and really shuffling those mechanics in a different way i wanted to really give some new quality to that and i don't know if i succeeded it's an it's an still an experiment and it's not something you see every day so i'm listening to what the players say what the community says and trying to make this 
better and and improve on the concept as they see as they see it if if it's good or if it isn't yeah i know that is i think that is a perfect transition to to close out this conversation which again we're here to talk we're talking about attack at dawn north africa which i'm going to ask that i remember uh is there a release date for the game i know it's on your steam page says spring of 2022 no, we are still not uh, sure about the release date. I'm still talking with my PR agent, trying to find that ideal time slot when to release. But <laughs> any time from now to, to June is, is the best bet. Uh, but very soon. It's coming very, very soon. It's a matter of weeks now, I think. Perfect. Not months. A matter of weeks or months. Sometime in the, in the front half of this year, it sounds like. Tack and Dorn. The, the attack at dawn north africa uh there is a demo currently available at steam and, and remember everyone to go wish list this game it helps him get through all of the like fun algorithms and front end stuff and all the fun steam nonsense there always is before i let you go is there anything else you think people should know what do you think you want them to know about the game about the game well I advise anybody who is interested in the game to try that free demo. Uh, we did the demo uh, because we thought that was a great idea. We featured it on uh, Steam Next Fest and it was uh, a huge success. And it really gives you the ability to see what the game is all about and for free, which is always great. And uh, please go try the demo and if you have any suggestions, just pop us a message on, on forums or wherever. Uh, we have a mail address, we have Steam forums available, and uh, if you like the game, wishlist it and finally buy it when it gets released. That's it. Perfect. Well, I want to say thank you for taking time out of your evening to talk to me, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Cheers, you too, and thank you for inviting me. Bye-bye. The SW Show and all of its affiliate podcasts are podcast by me. Mike Maroney, and AJ Losey, by, sometimes by our contributors, including Corey King. You can follow The SWW Show on social media at The SWW Show, or sooner or later, you go to patreon.com slash SWW to help us out. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.